Ari the Addisons. Well, let me say this as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, uh, Sherry B is over in Studio CC, and I would just like to say thank you to everyone who made it possible for me to be a part of the program today. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to wanted to join you today, one to say thank you to our listeners. Thank you for letting me let me get on. Sure, um, anytime. Say, I wanted to say thank you to our listeners no, for sure, um, partnering anytime. with us in ministry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Uh, you're very kind. Yes. Um, I just want you to know it's Aaron the Addisons with Will and Miki. I just don't want you to get too comfortable um, with what's going on here. Okay. Um, but, you know. Nothing to worry about that. Okay, then. Um, <laughs> thank you to our listeners for supporting us during our fall share I just wanted to say uh, how much it means to us and how much of an encouragement it is to know that there are people who are fully engaged and who are listening to the programs mm. that we put together and that it's resonating with them. Yes. That it's making a difference in their families um, and in their cultural engagement. And, you know, look, at the end of the day, our ultimate goal is to glorify the Lord and um, to know that, you know, you have the Lord on your mind mm. <laughs> when you're listening to this program. Um, that means a lot. Yeah. That means a lot. And so it's an incredible encouragement. I want to say thank you to our listeners for their financial support, for partnering with this ministry, uh, which enables us to continue doing what we're doing um, unapologetically, um, boldly standing in the culture. So I just wanted to say thank you. And then I figure since I was here, we could have a conversation since, sure. I, since we're going to, you know, jump on and say thanks. May as well. Yeah. Let's finish out one. the show. Yes. Okay, then good. <laughs> All right. So, so what is it that we're going to get into? Oh, before we do that, let's major event coming up tomorrow. Yes. Um, which is the premiere, the premiere. of in his image. That's right. Uh, and that is happening tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yes. And man, the response to this project has already been so overwhelming. Like it has just been amazing, which to me says um a lot about what the needs are yes. in the church. Um, yes. But also in the culture that people are hurting and people have real questions um, and they're not necessarily in interested in sound bites, you know, just like, OK, so what's the right answer? Do I give to this? What do I say to this? But people are really wanting to know how to, uh, with great compassion, reach out to people who are confused about yes. their sexuality and yes. their sexual identity. Um, and so, man, I'm, I'm so grateful for American Family Studios and American Family Association for putting this uh, this movie together. That's right this documentary together, mm -hmm. um, pulling together all of the voices who can speak intelligently to this issue and speak with compassion, but with great assurance that the word of God is true and sufficient. Yes. Yes. And you know, that the, sounds easier to say than it is to do. And you know, the right? thing is we talked about this a lot in the past, you know, just mm -hmm. within the church, the, the questions about, can you be gay and a Christian and yeah. you know, the move to really like make that normal, even within the mm -hmm. body of Christ, we talked about that a lot, but this is a great resource that will be able to answer those questions and provide, you know, just uh, pastors and leaders and just 
uh, lay people with uh, with with uh, information that's needed to be able to combat mm-hmm. those lies. That's right. That's exactly right. And so if you've been hearing so much about this and you've not yet maybe even seen a snippet of it, you, you, you're not really all familiar with who's in it, who's a part of it. I would like to encourage our listeners to go to in his image dot movie. We're going to really right. dig into this again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by we, I mean, Will the great, he's mm-hmm. got a couple guests that will join him <laughs> to talk about uh, this incredible documentary. The premiere is tomorrow and you yes. can learn all you need to know, including how to watch it uh, when you go to in his image dot movie in his image dot moving. So you may want to go check that out today to see when it premieres, if there's a certain time frame and all mm-hmm. of that stuff. Uh, so go check out that website in his image dot movie. You are not going to regret investing time to watch this documentary. Yes. You're not going to regret it at all. That's right. All right. So today, Will the Great, mm-hmm. um, give us sort of a panoramic of where we're going to go, what we're going to talk about. And then when you do that, I want to tie in um, a figure from church history Um, to show that we've kind of been here before where there are things happening in the culture that, you know, certain people in the church will arise and say, guys, we can't ignore this. Mm -hmm. We can't pretend like it's not happening. Mm -hmm. And in order for us to continue sharing the gospel and we expect the gospel to proliferate, um, we can't ignore what's happening. And, Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about an individual who did that. It's a different topic that he was tackling, but I think you'll be able to see some parallels. Um, to that end, today, mm-hmm. Will the Great, what is it that we're going to explore? Well, I have been thinking about it. It's been on my heart, you know, just with this political season season that we're in. We know that we'll be voting in a couple of weeks. Um, and I think left out of sometimes that what could be left out of the conversation or what we need to focus on is the actual mm-hmm. policies that are being yes. put forth by uh, parties and candidates. And so yeah. we know that the political parties are not perfect. You know, we right. know uh, that the, the two main and I say the main because there are other candidates of, of, you know, other parties. But the two main candidates, we know that they're flawed. All of them are mm-hmm. really. So the question that I would have is uh, what policy issue is the main factor for how we as Christians uh, vote? You know, are there some mm-hmm. issues where it's like th- this is a, um, a issue that I can't uh, let go. I have to vote in favor of this or I cannot vote for this. And what mm-hmm. is that based upon? You know, because yeah. sometimes we, we get into, are you a um, one uh, issue voter? And right. is that OK? Is it, is that good to be a one issue voter if that's what you are? You know, just those questions, because a lot of times with all the things that's going on, we can sometimes forget about the, the policies. And one thing I want to emphasize is policy has nothing to do with, oh, I just don't like him. Uh, he's mean. Right. Or right. he has dementia. That's exactly right. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's not policy issues. Like, what are those things that we are really, if we are have a conviction to vote, which I hope we do, that we will vote on? And, you know, the other thing that's interesting about that is, unlike maybe some of the other things that are more sinister in our culture, when you talk about political engagement, you have these two major parties that have revealed their hand, as it were, in mm-hmm. their platforms. True. They have said, this yeah. is what we believe. This is what we're about. Now, of course, um, it, it is incumbent upon us to see how each candidate sticks close to the platform or mm-hmm. um, diverges from the platform, depending right. on you know how you're looking at it, because that can happen as well. But it's interesting because a lot of the things that we see happening in the culture are happening really stealth like. Mm. And so you've got to really kind of like, you know, you've got to scrutinize what's happening. You've got mm-hmm. to say, man, is there agenda here? Like, what is your motive? What are you trying to do? Well, unlike political parties, 
um, or I'm sorry, unlike what's happening in the culture, they're really stealth. Political parties actually lay out by way of their platform what they stand for. Yeah. They say this is what we want. Yeah. In other words, this is where we want to take the country. And even though we are Christians, we are Christians planted in the United States of America. So the direction that the country is going will determine the direction that we go in, so to speak, how we operate as we're being pulled in those directions. Mm -hmm. In other words, how are you going to hold the line is going to be determined by the political climate that you exist in. Yeah. So you cannot ignore what's happening in the country now. And let me make this clear so that people understand what I'm saying. I am not saying that politics will change us, right? Mm -hmm. We have been given a mandate from the Lord Jesus Christ. The word of God is our straight edge. But politics will determine how we discharge what we have been charged with. That's right. It will determine how we engage, how we live. Do we freely communicate the gospel or do we now have to develop stealth methods of communicating the gospel? Guys, this is happening around the world. Mm -hmm. This is happening around the world. Why? Because of governments that Mm. Christians exist in. Mm. So it would behoove us to not ignore politics. And you've heard us on this show over and over and over again declaring and agreeing that the word of God is totally sufficient, that the gospel needs to be our chief first and foremost focus. Right. But at the same time, we understand that we exist in a culture. We exist in a political context that if we are wise and if we would live for the glory of God, we would understand fully or teach ourselves to understand the implications of the political parties that are the major ones Mm -hmm. among us. Mm -hmm. So having said that and laid that all out, I'd like to take a jog back uh, into the 20th century, um, circa 1912, circa Mm. 1912, 1912. um, 1912, There was just a brilliant theologian and intellectual, uh, a man by the name of J. J. Gresham Aitchin. J. Gresham Machen, M-A-C-H-E-N. Just this is this is for our listeners who are like, they're gonna Google it. Okay. <laughs> J. Gresham, J-R-E-G-R-E-S-H-A-M, Gresham Machen. Okay. And um J. Gresham Machen was challenging the church in his generation to not shy away from where the fight was at at that time. Okay. And he he posited that there was a fight in the intellectual context. So at the university level, he saw that there was an opportunity for the church to engage. Right. Mm-hmm. So that those were the hot topics. OK, everybody's talking about philosophy. Everybody's talking about, um, you know, how to be an intellectual, to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Is the gospel relevant if you would desire to be intellectual? Are they, you know, um, competing against one another? Mm. And there were members of the church who said, you know, Christians have no place trying to navigate the intellectual world. Mm. So in other words, retreat from the collegiate level, retreat from the university level. Don't worry about that. Let's just focus on the gospel and, and, and all of that stuff. Those people will go in the direction that they're going. Mm -hmm. Now, Jay Gresham Achen said, you can do that, but there are many benefits that we have been afforded because of the developments of intellect and, and the growth of thought and all of these things. And he was saying that the faithful Christian should not ignore this aspect of culture, right? Because there are things happening at the university level, mm-hmm. happening at the collegiate level. Jay Gresham Achen said that threatened the gospel. Oh, okay. So, so one position was, okay, let's just let university do what university is going to do. Can you hear the conversation today? Yeah. Remove oh, yourself yeah. completely from politics. Don't worry about it. Let us do, do what it's going to do. 
And then you have Jay Gresham Machen who's saying, no, you will be affected by what's happening at the university level. Hmm. In other words, you will be affected by what's happening in government. You will be affected by what's happening in politics. It behooves us to know what's going on and to engage at that level. In 1912, um, Jay Gresham Machen gave an address to uh, Princeton Theological Seminary. Okay. okay. And uh, the, the, the gathering was on the topic of the scientific preparation of the minister. In other words, can the minister be adequately prepared to engage the intellectual culture, right? So the title of his message, his presentation was Christianity and culture. And again, this was delivered uh, in 1912 is the second time that he actually gave the same message. Um, First time he gave it was in May. And then the second time in September, same year, 1912. And this is what Jay Gresham H. And I want to read just a few excerpts from this because this is what he said to ministers in 1912. And I I want you to just kind of think about this and, and think, man, you know, are we here as it pertains to politics? Right. Hmm. And again, I want people to understand what we mainly focus on on this show is culture, the mm-hmm. church, the family. But we understand that all three of those things that I just rattled off will be affected by politics. Right. All three of those things will be affected by politics. Here is what Jay Gresham Machen uh, said in 1912. He's and again, he's remember, he's talking about intellect and mm-hmm. he's talking about the church being tempted to shy away from the intellectual community. All mm-hmm. right. And say, no, we're just going to stick to the four walls of our church. OK, mm-hmm. so here's what he said. And I've got a few excerpts here that I want to read. He said, we cannot, therefore, be entirely independent of the achievements of the intellect. Furthermore, we cannot without inconsistency employ the printing press, the railroad, the telegraph (laughs) and the propagation of our gospel. And at the same time, denounce as evil those activities of the human mind that produce these things. Mm. In other words, you cannot enjoy the, the advancements and the developments that have come from intellectual thought. Mm -hmm. Okay. You can't use those things even to proliferate the gospel or to see the gospel advance and then say, Oh, but we don't need to worry about intellect. We don't Mm. need to care about that. Mm. What would that look like in a conversation that we had today about politics? We cannot talk about exercising our freedom of religion, our free exercise of religion, telling the truth about who Jesus is without recognizing that we live in a country that affords us the right to do that. Mm, Okay. We live in a country that affords us the right to do that. So while you are exercising those rights to expand the gospel, Mm -hmm. we have to recognize that the reason we have that has come about because of political processes. Hmm. So we must be engaged. Now, we don't make this our God. We don't make this our Lord. But we must understand what's happening around us in this country. All right. Uh, Just a couple more excerpts, and then we're going to go to the party platforms. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. We are at a critical moment um, in our country, a lot going on. And um, I, I really honestly didn't want to miss an opportunity um, ahead of, and it really, I mean, we've had people who want to say like 30 million people who've already voted, um, but people are going to be heading to the polls in a couple of weeks to vote. And 
I think the question for us is not whether or not we are a single issue voter, um, but we have to be major issues voters. Mm. And so we have to know what those major issues are. And uh, we wanted to take an opportunity to have a conversation or do a side by side comparison mm -hmm. of the party platform. So uh, if you're joining us, that's what we're talking about today. Um, I'm Miki. And I'm Wilness Tori Kelly with Psalm 42. Before we went to the break, I'll just finish this up and then we'll move in, get into the platforms and, and do a side by side comparison here. Uh, we're talking about Jay Gresham Machen, 20, uh, 20th century intellectual who was, um, um, I would say, challenging the church to engage the universities, right, to to not just let intellect belong to the secularists, but that God has given the Christian a mind and the Christian is supposed to engage. And I'm hoping that as you see this and, and listen to it, you can see the parallel for the current conversation that we're in. A lot of focus in our country has turned toward politics. We are not unaware of this, right? Mm -hmm. We can see this very clearly. Right. And so then the question is, how does the Christian engage in this political climate? Do we just ignore it? Do we make it Lord and God? Mm. Right. Do mm. we then turn our worship towards politics? Well, the answer is no. Right. Because what you need is you need salt and light in every arena, mm. everywhere the Christian treads. You need the Christian to be the Christian, not to be swallowed up by the culture or the particular arena that they're in. Right. Mm. And so one of the other things, just maybe two other quotes here mm -hmm. from Jay Gresham Machen. Um, this speech delivered uh, at Princeton Theological Seminary delivered to ministers. Right. Um, encouraging ministers to to care about the universities, to care about what is happening, what is being propagated there. And boy, was I mean, he was prophetic in what he was saying. You know, what was at stake if the church didn't stand up and engage? This is the battle line right here. Yeah. Um, here's something else that he said in the same speech. And listen carefully to this. I man, I, I thought of some of the other things we talk about on a regular basis. And, and well, I'll see if it stands out to you. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll read this quote here. And then you tell me what comes to mind, if, if anything. And if okay. not, then, you know. Okay, here we go. Uh, he said, and this was in 1912. He said, what is today matter of academic speculation begins tomorrow to move armies and pull down empires. Hmm. In the second stage, it has gone too far to be combated. The time to stop it was when it was still a matter of impassionate debate. Hmm. Yes. I, what what do you think of man you know to me i hear the the whole wokeness and the that's exactly what i thought of that they, is exactly you know. what i thought of man i i tell you what i'm like man you know because a few years ago we were talking about this yes, will like yes. and it wasn't it hadn't caught fire yet yeah and so it seemed to be an irrelevant conversation. People are like, right. eh, I don't really even know what that is. Right. What but is it will that? affect you. <laughs> right. It will affect you. Right. And and once once we reach the point of saturation where everybody knows what it is, it's too late to combat it. Yeah. Because many people know what it is because it's been adopted by many people That's right. and passed along. That's right. Right? So when the th when when the thing is kind of starting, you know, it's it's like um is it who was the guy who was like you got to nip it in the bud. You got to nip it. <laughs> I think it was uh, I think it was the sheriff, not the sheriff, the deputy oh, from um, oh, Barney anyways, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think it was him. I think he was the <laughs> one who said, nip it. You got to nip it in the bud and you got to nip it when it's growing, when it's when it's in its infancy. And so yeah. often and this is unfortunate. The church is behind the curve on this and we don't have to be. The Lord has set us up to win. So so All the right. results of that, I'm just real quick of uh, what he was saying. Uh, did the are we seeing now? that the church did not really engage um, on that level. And so now as far as academia is, is, is really gone towards 
man, not God, but away from God? That's a great question. I think what we have seen is a progression of academia moving away, Mm -hmm. uh, increasingly moving away from the Lord. But I think what is probably most troubling is to see Christian institutions that have fallen. Yeah. So just, you know, keeping in line with our because I'm I'm trying to paint this as a parallel. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, When Christians abdicate their role to be salt and light, when we give that up and we don't stand where we're supposed to be standing. Right. Mm -hmm. Then usually you have almost sort of what seems like a grace period where the, Mm. the evidence that God is real. So so man's inclination, his conscience uh, has an opportunity to show itself forth, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so mm-hmm. man for a while does what is good and okay because God has given him a conscience, mm. right? He knows what is right to do. Right. But the Christian has something different. It's a game changer. The Christian has the Holy Spirit who indwells him or her. Mm. So we're not just doing good because we know that it's right to do. We are compelled because we have been given a new nature. By the grace of God, we've been mm. given a new nature. And so I think what you see at the university level and and, and We can make a parallel to what this looks like in politics. Mm -hmm. What we see at the university level is, okay, so you have a Christian leader in in Jay Gresham Machen who steps forward and who says, hey, guys, we can't retreat from the university level. We can't retreat from intellectual conversations and say, leave that to the secular intellectual. Mm -hmm. We can't we Mm -hmm. can't leave it because he's not good. He doesn't have the spirit of God indwelling him. So it's only a matter of time before what pervades the culture is rebellion against God. And, you know, it's only a matter of time. The tricky part about that, though, is that the Christians at that time probably felt like, man, there's something noble about me separating myself from this. Yes. You know, because this is basically the world. Like, yes, you know, that's exactly right. So the question is, is there anything noble about that? You know, when you think about it for those Christians who who would feel like, man, like this, I don't need to be a part of this. Well, what is noble is to have the right perspective of how we engage. Mm. That is what is noble. It is not noble to say, well, I don't care about any of that. Because God has given governmental systems all around the world and Mm -hmm. in their times, right? They rise and they fall. And Mm -hmm. so to have these governmental systems that exist and they have a function, um, you have people who are over these systems, um, which God has allowed. Mm -hmm. Okay. They are instituted by God. Mm -hmm. And and to have Christians say, well, I don't want to have anything to do with that as if there's a different God that has allowed for this. You understand Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. as if there's not um, that we're not glorifying God by understanding the various aspects that we're supposed to engage in. Yeah. So, so back to your original question here, what I would say, will the great is that what we see is we see the, the, the slow changing over time Mm -hmm. where it seems like we're doing okay. Mm -hmm. But then you have people like Jay Gresham H and you have people like Donald Wallman, (laughs) <laughs> who says, hey, it looks like it's OK because it looks like it's only concentrated in this one area. Mm. But I'm telling you on the horizon, here's what I see. And a lot of times we look at those people and we we think they're crazy because we're like, ah, no. <laughs> yeah. You, you understand? Right. Look, Brother Don couldn't get churches to turn their TVs off. <laughs> yeah. Let's understand that. So getting back to the point that I'm making when we mm-hmm. talk about politics, mm-hmm. we have to have the tuner set to the right level here. We have to engage the culture while not being swallowed up by it. So today's climate, everybody is a pundit. We have an, an oversaturation of political conversation, right? A lot of people are having political conversations. 
the political conversations in and of themselves are not wrong. We have to engage here, but we have to understand why we engage here. The reason is to be salt and light. The reason yeah. is to affect a culture for Jesus Christ. And so if politics becomes a subculture, mm-hmm, right, that right. there's people who are immersed in this world that is politics, right, right then we need Christians in it. Mm-hmm. We need Christians in it because we need Christians to tell the truth about who the Lord Jesus Christ is and to talk about how policies that do not reflect his holiness adversely affect a nation. And see, the you tricky, need Christians doing that. And the tricky part about that is that the Christians that are into that have to uh, make sure that they're guarding their hearts, that that does not become the end of all things, that politics don't That's become exactly right. the total solution that they're they're. Uh, you know, that they're still leaning on the Lord. You know, I think that's a tricky thing when you when you get into that. That's exactly right. And I will say something else, because we understand that um, that politics is downstream from culture, um, as has been said many times, in addition to being politically engaged and knowing what's going on and how that will affect your Christian witness. We also have to understand that each of us as Christians being salt and light in our everyday living will affect the culture. Mm-hmm. It's not just about candidates. And although we're going to get into talking about platforms, it's not just about platforms because you can continue to feel like, oh, well, the candidate that I prefer got into office. But the culture continues to decline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it takes everything that the Christian has, probably plus more than we yeah. are even tapping into. Yeah. Um, to really glorify God. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yes. One other thing here, a quote from Jay Gresham Machen. Again, 1912. He's talking about um the intellectual community. And he's talking about how this spreads and how it affects the wider culture. All right. (laughs) Which is obvious to see how politics affects the wider culture. I mean, it's (laughs) obvious to see. All right. But look at what he said in 1912. He said, the real difficulty amounts to this, that the thought of the day as it makes itself most strongly felt in the universities, but from them spreads inevitably to the masses of the people is profoundly opposed to Christianity. Mm. The real difficulty amounts to this. I'm rereading this, that the thought of the day and then almost in parenthetical citation here, he says, as it makes its way from the university out to the larger culture. Mm -hmm. But the subject of it is the thought of the day, he says, is profoundly opposed to Christianity. Mm. The thought of the day is profoundly opposed to Christianity. And then he says, or what is nearly as bad as being profoundly opposed to Christianity, the thought of the day is out of all connection with Christianity. Mm. Now, listen, we have a lot of talk about politics today. And I'm going to stop there because I'm looking at the clock and I want to make sure that we get to do the comparisons. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of talk about politics, the political landscape and, and, um, you know, 1-800-DOLLAR-PUNDIT. You can can Mm. find someone who's going to tell you what you favor what you like to hear right but what we have to understand is that we are dealing with men and women Mm -hmm. okay uh who are involved in politics and they have agendas they have they have uh a direction that they're going in and you can guarantee this this is not something that you have to stand on one leg and blink your eyes twice to understand (laughs) right you can guarantee that if you have a person who is hostile towards the things of god who is in opposition to the Lord God, who is an enemy of God, they want to go in a direction that is hostile to God. That's right. That's right. Right? Yeah. And so what does that mean for the Christian who intends to faithfully live out 
um, their Christianity. That means that now it becomes more difficult Mm. because remember, these are the people who set themselves against God. And if you are on the Lord's side, automatically they set themselves against you. Mm. Yeah. So having said all of that, the question that comes to mind is, are we single issue voters or are we major issues voters? And how do we know that? How do, how do we know which issues matter? Well, we have to be reading the Bible. We have to be reading the word of God to understand because here's the, here's, there's no new rebellion against God. Now we have different manifestations of rebellion against Mm -hmm, God, mm -hmm. but rebellion against God from the beginning has been rebellion against God. It's the sin of pride. It's to put yourself in the place of God to say, I know what's best. So, and you know, I don't, I don't want to oversimplify it, but it's to say whatever God says, I will say the opposite because I'm, I believe in me. (laughs) Right. So that's the kind of rebellion that we continue to see manifested in the culture. So if you're reading the word of God, if you are connected to the vine, if the Holy Spirit indwells you, there are major issues at stake that I would say to the Christian, these things dramatically affect the proliferation of the gospel. And these are the things that we have to care about. Mm -hmm. Then there are other issues that, man, we can have some debate about how we get to this end. But I'll just say, in my opinion, there are some things that are not debatable. Yeah. I agree. Right. There, there are just some things that are not debatable. Let me give you an example, because, you know, people say, well, Miki, what, what, are, what are those things just real quick? Well, I'm glad you asked. So just real <laughs> quick. All right. When we talk about justice mm-hmm. and we talk about who is disenfranchised and, and do we have disenfranchised members of of our culture, of our society? What does that look like? How do we handle that? There sometimes there are um situational details that we have to know about to be able to comment on those things. Right. Like yeah. you, you say, I'm going to take a position on this. Once I hear more of the details talking right. about justice, right. talking about who's been wronged by this group or this institution, there's some things that require details. Here's what I don't need details on. Okay. I don't need to know how the mother feels about the fact that she's pregnant. Mm. I mean, mm. yes, that, I mean, I care about her. Do you mm-hmm. understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But how she feels about the fact that she is pregnant does not change the fact that right. aborting the child is murder. Right. You understand? There's there's not a situation that the mother is going to find herself in where she's going to talk to me about her emotional state. And I'm going to say, oh, you know what? In that case, the only thing I can recommend for you is this. Right. You see, because scriptures don't give us any gray area for lack of a better word mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. Here's another conversation I don't need to have. What you think God would approve of as far as your attraction to someone <laughs> of your same gender. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I will listen to you because compassion j- drives me to want to sit down and have a conversation with you. But God defined marriage from the beginning. Yeah. Amen. And I've said this for a very, very long time. Our understanding of marriage and God's design of marriage, the fact that Jesus Christ references marriage goes back to the beginning that God made them male and female. That Mm -hmm. gets into the conversation about identity. All of this stuff and what we believe about it affects our belief about the gospel. If we can change anything from Genesis, right, then certainly we can change the fall and we can change what God requires. And we can make it unnecessary that Jesus Christ went to the cross. Mm. We can make it unnecessary to believe in his atoning sacrifice. So these things are non-negotiable and these things become, in short, 
major issues that the Christian has to care about. You cannot ignore these things. That's right. All right. So to that end, when we get back, we will definitely go side by side looking at the Democrat Party platform and the Republican Party platform and see where these major issues are, where the parties are on these major issues. Stay right there. Just give me Jesus. Just give me Jesus. There's nothing I desire that can't be found in Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and it's Unspoken with Just Give Me Jesus. And uh, if you don't mind, if it's all just the same to you, we will skip phone calls today. And in this segment, we will turn our attention toward the party platforms. And um, remember, the context of what we're discussing is, um, you know, are we a single issue voter or are we a major issues voter? And, um, and I think when you look at what's going on in both platforms, it's written down. It's written down. You don't have to guess. This is not, you know, you're not besmirching anybody's character or anything mm-hmm. like that. You're just, you're, you're saying this is what you said. And this is a side-by-side comparison. And I think each Christian has to decide um, if the issues that are touched on, and, and I recommend reading all the, all of the platform for yourself and yeah. then deciding yeah. if the issues that are presented there, um, do they line up with what, what the Bible has to say about these issues? Right. Right. I think it's a question. Yeah. Um, I know I'm, I'm, I'm going on a lot here. Will the great. And mm. I just wanted to, cause I, I know that this is something that we've both been talking about. And at this point, is there anything that you wanted to just drop in? No. Yeah. I, I just think that um, when you talk about, are you a major issues voter or one issue uh, voter? I think, yeah. I mean, I think you could be either one and it's, it's fine. Like I don't have a problem with people who vote, you know, based upon, there's one prevailing issue in their heart that they feel like, man, you know, this is something I can't get past, you know. Okay. Um, I But I, I, I do think in all that we're doing, we have to make sure as Christians that we are basing uh, what we're doing upon God's precepts, you know, mm-hmm. and that we, yeah. we're taking a look at what the word of God says. And we can read the platforms and all of that stuff because it gives us gives us an indication of how. Um, you know, uh, individuals may may uh, govern, but at the end of the day, we know that our highest uh, uh, authority is God and His Word. So. Amen. So, yeah. Amen. Okay, so let's start out. Let's look at marriage. Um, okay. <clears throat> excuse me. I'll try to keep my throat clear here. Um, so, marriage. This is the Republican Party platform, which remained unchanged from 2016. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, this is the same platform, and it, it, for us, this is actually literally the same platform that I used. Uh, almost four years ago when we did right. a side-by-side uh, comparison, which actually maybe, yeah, a little bit over four years because I can't remember when we did it, but same highlighting. I haven't done anything new to it. Same highlighting, same writing <laughs> in the margins, same thing. Uh, the 2020 Democratic uh, Party platform is new, uh, and so that's got some fresh highlighting in it. Uh, for the sake of this discussion today, the platform for the Democrat Party um, was, let's see, approved by the Democratic National Convention on August 18, 2020. All right, so here is what the Republicans say on their in their platform uh, for 2016, but again, they held it over for 2020, so same things here. Uh, under the heading, Defending Marriage Against an Activist Judiciary. Uh, traditional marriage and family based on marriage between one man and one woman is the foundation for a free society. 
and has for millennia been entrusted with rearing children and instilling cultural values. We condemn the Supreme Court's ruling in United States versus Windsor, which wrongly removed the ability of Congress to define marriage policy in federal law. We also condemn the Supreme Court's lawless ruling in Obergefell versus Hodges, which, um, in the words of the late Justice Antony Scalia, was full of silly extravagances. Um, the court twisted the meaning of the 14th Amendment beyond recognition. To echo Scalia, we dissent. We therefore support the appointment of justices and judges who respect the constitutional limits on their power and respect the authority of the states to decide such fundamental social questions. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's the Republican Party. OK. When you look at the Democrat Party platform, uh, it's interesting because they they take kind of like two approaches from what I can see as I was reading through this. Um, they take two approaches to to not addressing marriage. I know that sounds <laughs> weird, right? <laughs> they, yeah. Two approaches. Um, and one of those approaches is to simply say what they are for. Okay. So it's you'll hear it as I read it. But then the other thing that they kind of look at is um, the health issue. So it, mm. it seems and I'll read it. And, and then if time permits, we can have a discussion around okay. it. So under their heading, uh, protecting LGBTQ plus health. And there's two headings here that we'll look at. Here is the Democrat Party platform 2020. This is what they say. We condemn the Trump administration's discriminatory actions against the LGBTQ plus community, including the dangerous and unethical regulations allowing doctors, hospitals and insurance companies to discriminate against patients based on their sexual orientation or gender identity. I hate to do this, but I'm going to pause for a second here. So that is chalked full of you don't have the right to conscience. Mm. I just want people (laughs) to not miss that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you don't have the right to conscience in effect, is what they said in in that particular line. Uh, Democrats will reverse this rulemaking and restore non-discrimination protections for LGBTQ plus people and people living with HIV, AIDS, and health insurance, including coverage of all medically necessary care for gender transition. (laughs) Okay. We will also take action to guarantee that LGBTQ plus people and those living with HIV AIDS have full access to needed health care and resources, including uh, by requiring that federal health plans provide coverage for HIV AIDS testing and treatment and HIV prevention medication. And then they list the the medication there that they support. Now, it's something Um, that how they um, link the, you know, LGBTQ plus in the in the same thing. They talk about HIV AIDS. Because it's high risk behavior. Yeah, but uh, a lot of times, uh, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Like, absolutely right. Do you remember when we went? We were looking at um, the CDC's website and looking at high risk behavior mm-hmm. and how it was described, and and went through talking about how you know this is an attack on the black community that you don't give these stats mm-hmm. to black citizens, yeah. right? And I mean, we did a whole show on mm-hmm. that. All right. Um, so here, here's something else. This is from the um, the Democratic uh, platform here. Democrats are proud that the Obama Biden administration lifted the discriminatory lifetime ban on blood donation by healthy gay and bisexual Americans. We will work to ensure blood donation regulations are based on science, not fiction or stigma. <laughs> well, that's what the that, that's what the bans were based on because right. of the high risk behavior. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Um. 
and that no American, when seeking to donate blood, will face more stringent limitations than any other simply because of who they are. No, actually, there's no limitation because of who you are. The limitations are on for all citizens Mm -hmm. donating blood. The limitations are on what you do. Right. Even places you've traveled. That's what you do. Mm -hmm. I'm not Africa, but I went to. You understand what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. But but people read this and they're like, oh, yeah, that's right. No, the limitations are not on who people are. The limitations are based on what people do. Yeah. Yeah. So that includes your sexual practices. That includes where you travel, okay? Like what your your medical history, all of these things. Like, come on. Yeah. But again, but again, you know, semantics yep. and the way we say things. Um, the second section here that deals with that, um, under the heading protecting LGBTQ plus rights. Protecting LGBTQ plus rights. <laughs> we will fight to enact the e- Equality Act. Mm. And I and at last, outlaw discrimination against LGBTQ+. Guys, um, our brother, Stephen Black, says this beautifully. He says this every time we have a conversation with him. Pay attention to that plus. Mm, yep. He says that plus has a, a huge, significant meaning. That plus is not just thrown out. And this is where the body of Christ, a Christian, would do well to not only be well-read, but to be prayerful and discerning. Yeah. What can you not cover? LGBTQ. What's what's you understand what I'm saying? So now we've added and everything else and everything else. Okay, here we go. We will fight to enact the the Equality Act and at last outlaw discrimination against LGBTQ plus people in housing, public accommodations, access to credit, education, jury service uh, and federal programs. We will work to ensure LGBTQ plus people are not discriminated against when seeking to adopt or foster children. Hmm. We will work to ensure LGBTQ plus people are not discriminated against when seeking to adopt or foster children, protect LGBTQ plus children from bullying and assault and guarantee transgender students access to facilities based on their gender identity. Democrats will ensure federally funded programs for older adults um, that they are inclusive for LGBTQ plus seniors. Recognizing that LGBTQ plus youth and adults suffer from significant health disparities, including mental health and substance use disorders, Democrats will expand mental health and suicide prevention services and ban harmful conversion therapy practices. (laughs) We will ensure that all transgender and non-binary people can procure official government identification documents that accurately reflect, reflect their gender identity. We will stop employment discrimination in the federal government and will restore full implementation of President Obama's executive order. Um, Wait, let me 42, 43 executive order prohibiting discrimination by federal contractors on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity. Hmm. Now, listen, for some people, you read this and you and you, you you feel like, oh, no, that's just inclusivity. That's just throwing the 10 pegs open. But when I read that, I, I see a vice grip being tightened around the neck of Christians. Yeah. Yep. So Definitely. I read that and I say, when I look at that, just just on the surface, what I think of is that Christians must prepare to be less free. You're going to have to be in the home of the super brave <laughs> and the land of the not so free. Mm. And the reason you have to be super brave is because you're not so free. You understand? And, and that's what I see yeah. when I look at that. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. So continuing on looking at the, the Republican platform and which, by the way, I cannot stress this enough. Um, AFA Action has a wonderful booklet out, a wonderful booklet, the Christian Handbook for Civic Engagement. Um, it starts with um, scriptural encouragement for how we engage in the culture in which we live and what that means for politics. And then it also goes through an abbreviated form of uh, 10 key issues in a party platform comparison of those issues, which I think is phenomenal. So I'm going to turn to that now for the issue of human life, the Democratic Party. This is what they say on life. We will repeal the Hyde Amendment and protect and codify the right to reproductive freedom. <laughs> Democrats will always protect sexual and reproductive health and rights. We believe that comprehensive health services, including access to reproductive care and abortion services, are vital to the empowerment of women and girls. We will support the repeal of the global gag rule known as the Mexico City policy and measures like the Helms Amendment, which limits safe access to abortion. <laughs> we will also restore and expand American contributions to the United Nations Populations Fund hmm. to help guarantee access to health care for women and children around the world and eliminate child early and forced marriage. Now, <laughs> It is not it is not a health care position mm -hmm. to kill babies. Right. So we're not doing nations around the world any service by saying, oh, OK, you don't have clean drinking water. You know, the solution to that is abort your babies. Right. Right. How condescending is that? Well, you know, you would have better access to jobs and, you know, you know, you might have better access to, to industry and all of these things if. You just aborted your babies. And that's really the belief system. Uh, they they believe that, you know, you don't want to bring a child into a situation like that. So they're better off dead. <laughs> You're exactly right. That is exactly what they believe. That is exactly what they believe. So by comparison, the Republican Party, um, the Constitution's guarantee that no one can be deprived of life, liberty or property deliberately echoes the Declaration of Independence's uh, proclamation that all are endowed by their creator with the inalienable right to life. Accordingly, we assert the sanctity of human life and affirm that the unborn child has a fundamental right to life, which cannot be infringed. We support a human life amendment to the Constitution and legislation to make clear that the 14th Amendment's protections apply to children before birth. Mm. Now, that's powerful, right? <laughs> because that is extending rights and protections to children in utero. Now, again, those are just. Those are just two issues. Yeah. Those are just two those issues. Big there. issues. Those, those they're, are huge. But they're huge issues. Yeah. And I'm looking at the clock. Man, we don't have time to talk about religious liberty, but we can do a side by side and talking about religious liberty. We can do a side by side and talking about education. How you've got so many liberals who are so condescending that they do send their kids to private schools. They do put their kids in the best situations for the best possible educational outcomes. And at the same time, saying the people that they're trying to help, they deny educational options to those people, mm -hmm. i.e. school choice. Yeah. Yep. The Republican platform, I'm going to say it succinctly, is for school choice. Mm -hmm. Democrats are not. The Democratic platform is not. In other words, what, what historically, and because I worked closely with an organization that was trying to secure educational rights for black children, what I learned was that the Democrat position on this 
is that no, when you take kids out of schools and allow parents to have educational choice, you're skimming the best. You're taking the fat off of the school. You're skimming the best from the school and leaving the school only with riff with uh, riffraff, they would say. <laughs> and at the same time, please understand that a lot of these people will pay through the nose to have their kid go to the best school. Right. While President Obama was rejecting school choice initiatives, he was sending his kids to the best school to the best school with bodyguards. Yep. Man, I hate that we're out of time. And I know, Will the Great, that you have a guest tomorrow. So we'll see. There's more. We, we can dig into <laughs> this and do a part two at a later date. Um, but until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.